One second, everyone. Recording in progress. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Before I begin, I need to pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for being full time in our life. We ask that you please allow your will to be done in our life. God, please keep our hearts softened and melted for you. Allow us to receive your word today excitingly, Lord. God, keep it. Keep your word hidden in our hearts. God, we just ask that you just keep it protected deep within us, Lord God. So we plead the blood of Jesus over every single seed that you plant in our heart, every single thing that you water in our life, and everything that is of your word, Father God, everything that you allow to grow for us to fulfill the promises that you have for us, God. We want to fulfill your plan, your will, your purpose in our life, God. So we just ask that you just please allow us to be able to understand your word. Let us let us be able to see and hear things through your eyes and ears so that we're not dependent on our own understanding. But God, we are analyzing things from your perspective, Lord God. So we just deny our flesh, God, and we just ask that you allow us to walk in righteousness in a way where we can be led by your Holy Spirit at all times, following the voice of you, Lord God. We want to fulfill your plan, will, and purpose. So, God, we just ask that you please, please, God, allow your will to be done in our life. So, God, thank you so much for just giving us access to you, access to your Holy Spirit. God, we just thank you right now that you fill us up with your Holy Spirit. God, quicken us with the Holy Spirit. And so I thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling me up. I pray that you allow me to minister grace to the hearer. Let me not forget anything that I need to talk about today, Lord God. And just please, God, let your will be done in our life. We need you. Um, God, we want to stay guided and guarded by you, God. Please continue to be with us and be our rear guard and go ahead of us whatever it takes for us to advance in your kingdom lord god we ask that you just please allow your will to be done in the name of jesus christ it is sealed in your atonement blood amen thank you all so much for joining me today on laws life and health let's talk about it so um today I have a little late start today. I was just sitting here. Um, I was eating some sardines. And then all of a sudden, I got it all over my laptop. Okay? So, I had to clean everything down and uh, clean down the screen, do all of that. So, sorry about the delay. Okay? Um, but I do want to get into the word today. So, I've been talking about women's health for the past couple of months. It's really been an exciting, uh, trending type of topic. I'm not sure why this is so dark, um, but okay. So um, I, I've been talking about women's health for a while now, and it is a trending topic. It is something that many of us, um, are, we really, really should be encouraging each other and staying positive. So let me go ahead. I would like to get right in the word today. Okay, so let me share my screen. 
um and just a few housekeeping rules okay so if you have any questions if you're joining me via zoom webinar please go ahead and put your uh your questions in the q a and i will be sure to respond to you there if you have any questions via any of the audio apps such as the alexa spotify podbeam iHeartRadio, any of these apps okay go ahead and put your comments in the comments section and i will be sure to respond to you there um in the meantime if you wanted to suggest the topic at all send me an email directly okay and i really do consider every single email i read each and every one okay so if you wanted to suggest any type of topic it doesn't matter the topic i would be willing to discuss it amen so god has gifted me in a way where i can have the i have the ability to be able to talk about different topics it doesn't matter the subject okay so suggest the topic to me send the email to deanna that's d-e-a double n-a watson at sudden changes corporation.org okay you can send me also um if you wanted to get prayer send that email request to laws life health at sudden changes corporation.org okay also if you wanted to become an intern if you wanted to do some um maybe mandated community service um if you needed to do maybe some volunteer work or if you needed to get college credit for an internship go ahead and send that email okay because all of that we provide here at sudden changes corporation we're in the business of allowing everybody to thrive in society okay so send your email request to info at suddenchangescorporation.org all right thank you all so much for that now let's go ahead and get into the word um okay let's see here all right so what i wanted to go over was okay so on tuesday actually on tuesday i had um i had been talking about eve okay and how eve was really the fall of man and um how we should not be like eve right so i wanted to get into the discussion about sarai today so sarai she is abraham's wife um and so let me go ahead and just pull this up it's it's taking a little bit of time to load i'm not sure why it does this you all i apologize about this okay it should not take this long to load definitely not so oh okay so i i just updated another thing uh, i mean i'm sorry i just made some updates and it looks like it's requiring me to do some more updates so okay so that looks like that should be resolved now let's see if it's going to open the page for me so Oh, also, I always approve comments. So if you have an, a comment to make on any of the blogs, you can make a comment on any of the blogs. For some reason, 
a lot of people are really prone to the Chicago purge or media propaganda to occupy prisons blog. But they also comment on the um, what's your love status blog. So really, whatever blog you would like to post on, just go ahead and make your uh, comment and I will be able to see it there. And we can, we can start a discussion on whichever blog you like to talk about, okay? It's kind of, it would be nice to get more people sort of inter involved more interactively. All right, here we go. So let's go to what we were discussing. Okay, so the last couple weeks, I've been talking about just sort of staying positive. Um, I talked about um, how being positive is really important. Um, in addition to... Hold on. It just took me all the way back. One, one moment, you all. Thank you so much for your patience. I really do appreciate it. All right, so I talked about some of the reasons why polygamy is not accepted. I talked about why it's important to um, start studying the Strong Concordance. Um, I talked about the type of um, Jews who, um, the type of Jews and Israelites that, you know, create um, the different translations for us to be able to understand them in English from the Hebrew scrolls and also in Greek. Um, so really placing emphasis on Eve. We see that Eve, Eve, um, she is a life giver. She is the first woman. Yes, she is. Eve was the first woman to dominate a man also. So she's pretty much the first at everything. Dominating the man. The, she's the first woman to create the fall of man. She's the first woman to um, be able to reproduce um, she made Adam give up his position as the head so that he could listen to her and basically eat from the forbidden uh, tree that God had commanded them not to eat from. Adam was the first man to have passivity, um, which is a submissiveness to the woman. Um, so she was easily enticed and beguiled by the serpent. Adam was created in God's image, um, not the woman first, right? It was not the woman first, but man. Okay. So woman was actually derived from man. And this is so important for everyone to understand this. Okay. Um, the woman was deceived and convinced the man to follow in the in her deception and to her pleasures. Right? We see this in First Timothy 2:14. And so God punished Eve for her actions, and we see this in Genesis 3:16. So, um, looking at the word rule, God wanted us to rule, basically. Um, that's the Hebrew word called mashal. And it's basically God wanted us to have dominion and act as a governor and reign over the earth, right? But since Eve was created to be a helpmate, she didn't want that position. She basically uh, made Adam passive. And he is the first man to have passivity, okay? That he is the first man to be dominated by a woman. And so when we think of God, we have to think about how God created a man in his image in the likeness of God. 
So when we think of likeness, you have to consider um, resemble, imitate, you know, this is something that you're going to mirror, uh, mirror. Okay. So all of these attributes are something that God has gifted the man. So the woman being derived from the man, in addition to the, you know, just adding value to the man, she was considered a help meet, which is also equates to a help mate. So Eve is the mother to all of those people that basically continue to be disobedient to God because of their desires to please self. So although, okay, I, and, and I really want to make sure that I clarify this part here, okay? So I know I wrote a bunch of stuff on the blog, and unfortunately, not everything that I write, you're going to hear me um you know, I'm going to elaborate on a lot of the things that I've, I've written. So you probably get a better explanation if you're able to listen to the audio. But if you read it, it's similar. You know, you're going to get the information that you need. But when you hear me speak it on the audio or via Zoom, this is really like the the real stuff okay because i'm not really trying to miss any points on the audio at all so yeah so when you're looking at this you look at the the section on eve and you see eve is the mother to all of those that continue to be disobedient to god because of their desires to please self but i wanted to make i want to um sort of demystify this for a moment and that's just to clarify and so when we think about Eve, with her being a life giver, she's the first woman. She's the first, she's a mother to all people. But that doesn't mean that you have to practice in her um, qualities or have her attributes. So, yes, she brought, you know, God gifted uh, Eve in order for her to give life to um, all of the offsprings, right? But that doesn't mean that each one of her offsprings are going to be good. So you have to understand. I hear people say this all the time. They're like, well, everybody is a child of God. No, everyone is not a child of God. Okay, here's why. Let's go to this scripture. So there are children of God and there are children of the devil okay and the children of god follow the voice of god the children of the devil do not follow the voice of god okay it should be in first john 3 and 10 But I'm just going to go to 1 John chapter 3 so I can look at the entire chapter because I want to look at the scriptures before that and after that just to make sure that I'm including what I need to. Um. Okay. Okay, so now I also have another... Um, 
have more verses that I want to look up too. So just give me one moment here. I almost have it. I have all of them almost pulled up. Just give me a minute. Because I know which ones I want to pull up. So... So this is going to be John 10. Let me see. John 10. And then we're going to look at John 5.28 and then 1 John 3. Okay, I got that. All right. So there are actually three different verses that I really want to play. Um, I want to place emphasis on in the 10 you wake too. Okay, so this is what we have. So if you go to 1 John chapter 3, we're going to be, let's look at, I, we can actually do a side by side. Okay, let's do a side by side. Okay, so I'm going to look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 7 through 10. It says, Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. So understand this. If we look at if we look over here in verse 7, that's verse 7 in the NIV version. But you look in verse 7 in the King James, it says, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous so what this is saying is that when you do the right thing you're doing the right thing because you are righteous but see you can't be saved just because you do the right thing so doing the right thing allows you to be righteous so let's look i want to look up some stuff here So I would like to look in a strong concordance. So if you all can go, oops, that's the wrong one. I'm going to look in that one. Okay. I'm going to look in the King James Bible online. Let's see if I can find it here. And so we're going to look at the word right. And so I was looking in first John chapter three. So let's see if they, if they have it here. Scroll all the way down until you can find First John. So it doesn't look like they have it on this one. That's mm, okay. So what I'll do is let me look at the other Strong's Concordance. Okay. So I'm going to type in the word right. Um... Actually, it's not right. It's, it should be the word righteous. So that's my fault. Let me type righteous in. Okay. Okay. So now the strong concordance. I've talked about it on the podcast. I believe it was Sunday or last Friday. Um, but what I really would like you all to know is that the Bible has two different testaments. And, and I know I do this every single time. And I say the same thing every single time. 
but it's so important for each person that is viewing this for the first time to be able to understand what the strong concordance is so the strong concordance basically allows us to interpret the holy bible from the hebrew scrolls and also the greek so if you look at the bible within itself you have the old testament and the new testament it's considered the dead sea scrolls that's what it's called so when you look at the old testament that is hebrew scrolls all right and um the first five books of the the old testament you have genesis exodus leviticus numbers deuteronomy that's considered the torah that's also called the law that's where you can find everything that god wanted us to do what we you know what god implemented the provisions and stated what can be done and what can be done god gave us the ten commandments in, in exodus 20 and so we find all of the law in the first five chapters of the bible which are in hebrew scrolls so the, the Hebrew scrolls is really in the entire Old Testament. It's from the book of Genesis to the book of Malachi. Now, the New Testament, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That is considered the Gospels of Jesus. And so we find variations of certain events, but they all really equate to the same thing. So it was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they are the ones who wrote those books that's the gospel so you may look at something in matthew that may have something similar in the book of uh, mark matthew mark luke and john so they're gonna give the same uh record of events just from you know a different perspective so some people can understand it it's still all the same okay it's still god breathed because god breathed within his disciples so the Bible is the number one seller in the world, okay? You can't dispute it or refute it. Everything in it is coming to pass. The Bible is so true. It's so real. Prophetic, uh, prophetic words are being uh, brought to pass. Prophecies are being fulfilled. We see this. That's called eschatology. Uh, so eschatology is the study of the word of God and it's the study in which you study bible prophecy but when we look at theology theology is the entire study of the word of god it's basically the biblical understanding that you get from reading the word of god okay so that's just in layman's terms um so but when we study the word of god we're going to look at it from exegesis so exegesis is how we study the word of god through hermeneutics meaning that we're going to look at the word of god exactly the way that it is we're not going to take a scripture and then start giving examples and it going all the way into something else that's so far away from what the point of it is so for instance some people may get on a topic and we might be talking about you know righteousness for instance but now instead of us talking about righteousness now we end up on the, the cloud is green you know it has nothing to do with that particular scripture and so that would be considered eisegesis so eisegesis is the study of the word of god looking at it from your opinion right we don't study the word of god that way we study it specifically the way that it is written we don't read into it reading into it is eisegesis in a way where you formulate your own opinion and you're basically you're not being led by the spirit of god so um that's the way that we're going to do this we study the word of god through uh, exegesis 
So when Jesus was here on earth, he had um he was crucified on the cross. So the um the Roman Catholic Church Pontius Pilate gave him over to the Jews, all right? Um and so these were Jews that really really were considered religious Pharisees at the time and they really focused on the law. And so they crucified Jesus, right? And when they crucified him, he resurrected after the third day. So he died on the cross. However, he resurrected. And so there is actually um there's actually one of his uh his materials that he had on his like his top that he had on it shows that jesus actually came through the shirt he came through and so there is actual um archaeology uh evidence to prove that jesus resurrected through the shirt i mean through the top that he had on his um linen his linen and so it's so important now when he resurrected jesus was here on earth um just ministering to many other disciples and people around um and the people that were around so it's so important that we look at he was here for 40 days so he gave everything he gave his life and then after that he still was giving still was giving more and more and more um so after the 40 days he resurrected and ascended into heaven um 10 days later he descended the holy spirit so the holy spirit descended on the uh disciples the apostles right and so that's considered 50. so the descension upon uh the holy spirit descending here on earth that's considered the day of pentecost because jesus was here 40 days after resurrection 10 days he 10 days later he sent the holy spirit so that's considered 50. And so the day of Pentecost is 50. But now we look at the, the time period from the Old Testament into the New Testament. You have about a 400-year silent period. And that's called the uh, the silent period. Um, it's also called something else. I'm trying to remember the name. But it's really called, um, yeah, the 400-year wait silent period where God didn't speak. So sometimes God won't speak, but that doesn't mean that you're not like God isn't with you. God is still with you. Okay. It's just important for us to be still and just try to be obedient and understand what the principles of God are. God wants us to still be obedient and wait. Okay. Now he's giving you your principles. He's giving you, you have every single practical application that it takes for you to be successful in order to thrive in society. So in order to be able to maintain it, we have to be able to still do what God wants us to do without sometimes talking to him. You know, like if your parents are gone on vacation and you don't talk to them, you were taught how to maintain your values. You were taught how to maintain ethics. You were taught respect. You were taught these things. So it's important to be able to maintain it. And so if God, if you feel like God is not talking to you, understand that God has already gifted you with the things that you need. So God is trusting you. Um, it was a scripture that I read. I'm trying to see which one it was. It was uh let let, let let's go to that scripture.
So this one should be in uh, Matthew 24. Uh, let's look at Matthew 24. Matthew 24 and verse, I think it was uh, 50 something. It could have been, let's see, Matthew 24 and... Uh, okay, so it was, let me go to, I'm going to go back to the NIV version here. So if you look at Matthew 24, verse 45, it says that who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time. So basically, God has put you in charge. He's giving you all of the tools that you need in order to sustain. You have everything that you need to thrive. You have access to his word. You have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Now it's just time for you to take, to be a wise and faithful servant. And so that's what this scripture is talking about. Matthew 24 and 45. So it will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. So it's like, okay, God is still there with you. If you need him, God is within your reach. God's ears are within your voice. He's right there if you need him. But the point is, is that, see, God wants you to be a faithful and wise servant. So that means that God wants to return back and know that you, he puts you in charge of giving his word. He puts you in charge of ministering to his children. He puts you in charge of all of these things and you are able to be successful. So we see in verse 48, but suppose that servant is wicked and says, to himself well my master is staying away a long time and he then brings to be his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards so basically this this wicked servant is not doing the will of god because the will the wicked servant just going out here getting drunk beating on the other servants you know and, and just doing wrong so god doesn't want us out here doing things that's in contradiction to what he wants for us right so in verse 50, it says the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he is not aware of. So he will cut him to pieces and begin and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So we see that the hypocrites has a special place. The religious Pharisees are assigned a place. Okay, we need to place emphasis on this because it's saying and assign him a place with the hypocrites. Like you're situated different with the hypocrites because see, you have to understand that the Roman Empire killed, well, gave the Jews, the religious Pharisees over to, they gave Jesus over to the religious Pharisees, which were the Jews. So we're going to always see something is going on there. And so, yes, Bible prophecy needed to be fulfilled. Yes, biblical prophecy will always be fulfilled. It doesn't matter. Bible, biblical prophecy will always be fulfilled. God's word will always be fulfilled. 
but the people who are partakers of this wickedness, they are going to be punished at a higher rate than any other. Okay? Because they are participating in the wickedness of prophecy. They's heart, their heart is a heart of stone. So we see here, this isn't hard to understand. In verse 51, he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So we see that at the proper time, the master just might come back when the wicked servant don't know. The master may come back when the faithful and wise servant is there doing good. So really, which one do you choose? Do you choose to be the faithful and wise servant or do you choose to be the wicked servant? Who's not ready when God returns? Who's not ready when his masters return? So God wants us to be faithful and wise servants, not the wicked servants. For when he returns, he wants us to be prepared and to be ready for his return. So we see that Jesus Christ was 100% man and 100% God. God made himself lowly. He brought himself lowly. The scripture says, I can, let me, let me read this scripture. God made himself, himself lowly like humans. <coughs> so let's go here. We're going to look at um, the scripture. Um, I think this is going to be in um what scripture is this? it's somewhere i believe is in mark um no so it's isaiah 2 and 17 i thought it was hold on a second so god made low yeah this is so so we have hebrews james Let's see if I pull these up here. So let's look at um, Isaiah chapter 2 verse 17. It says, the arrogance of man will be brought low and human pride humble. No, that, that isn't it. This isn't it. Um, Okay, so I have to put the um, son of man made low. So this would actually be in Hebrews 2 and 9. Hebrews 2 and 9. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. It says... Let's look at the entire chapter here, Hebrews 2. And um, we're going to start at, yeah, we're going to, we can start at verse 8 and put everything under their feet. No, no, no. We're going to start at verse 5. Jesus made fully human. 
It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come about which we are speaking, but there is a place where someone has testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet and putting everything under them. God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus who was made lower than the angels for a little while. So we see that it, this is the NIV version. And so now crowned with glory and honor because third death. So that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. So our sentence for sin was death. Jesus' death on the cross, his sacrificial death, because that's what it's called. Um, a sacrificial death means that he just gave his life up for you. So he gave himself up for you on the cross so that you don't have to suffer in death. So what that means is that we as children of God, we don't suffer death. Because he suffered death so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for all of us. So this is for everyone. So we see that he is made lower than the angels for a little while. That means that, so that means that Jesus is made 100% human and also 100% God. So in bringing sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God for whom and through whom everything exists should make the pioneer of thou salvation perfect through what he suffered. So our salvation is perfect because of what Jesus suffered on the cross for us. So we don't suffer in death because he suffered death. So you don't have to be concerned about suffering. You don't have to be concerned about what you thought was going to happen. You don't have to be concerned about those things. Because Jesus, he was made low like humans. He suffered death. He was Lord in the angels. Who is Lord in the angels? Humans. He was human. So this is showing us that humans are, in fact, lower than the angels. Because Jesus was what? Human. So Jesus, in verse 9, was made lower than the angels for a little while. And we see this is in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. Okay, so what God is saying to us is this, We're going back to Eve, and I know that was a bunch of different scriptures, but it means so much. I'm going to say it again. Eve is the mother 
to all of those that continue to be disobedient to God because of their desires to please self. So if you're trying to please yourself, you are trying to satisfy your desires. It is what's pleasing to your eye because you're easily enticed you like this, you like that, you don't like this, you don't like that. It's always about you, 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 and you. So if we look at 1 John chapter 3, and I'm looking at verse 7 again. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. So, you know, like sometimes some people saying like, you know, I just felt that. It was like, it was my intuition that gave me that. No, no, no. There is no intuition. That's the Holy Spirit in you. That is the God that is within you speaking to you. That is how you know when God is speaking to you. Many people call the voice of the Lord intuition. It's a feeling. Oh, I felt that. I, I knew that that was going to happen. Oh, I had deja vu. So it's none of that. It is the Holy Spirit equipping you with discernment. So discernment gives you the ability to tell it, it get discernment, spiritual discernment from God gives you the ability to be able to see things into like what the future could be and also what the present could be. So if you having an experience of deja vu, quit calling and giving what the Holy Spirit has gifted you with, quit calling it something else. It is not deja vu. It is the Holy Spirit gifting you with discernment. You have discernment. So when you're, when you're looking at this here, pay attention. If you do what is right, if you, if, did you want to say something? Yes. How you doing, Miss Tyrus? Uh, I'm okay. I, I appreciate everything you said to me because you're going to always be my queen. Just know that. <laughs> okay, well, okay. What else did you have to say about pertaining to this topic? Yes, listen. When I talk, and I, I mean what I say, stars. Yeah, I mean what I say, and that I love your sermon. Your sermon is beautiful. Because you're a beautiful queen. You're a good woman. And, 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 and sometimes I hurt myself. So sometimes I had to bring myself back to reality. Okay. okay. But, How you hurt yourself? No, 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 no. I hurt myself, like hurt my body or hurt myself or nothing. It's just. Sometimes I just got to bring myself back to reality and understand what I'm doing when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You get me? 
Okay, Miss Watson. Yes, I mean Paul Paul talked about that too. You want to read you want me to read that scripture to you? Yeah, Paul, yeah, read that to me. Okay, so this scripture is it's in um you can go to Romans chapter seven. Go to go to Romans chapter seven. I'm already on it. Okay. So once you go to Romans chapter seven, um Okay, so it should be Romans chapter seven, verse fourteen. Go ahead and read from there. Look at verse fourteen and read from there. Okay. Hold on. Let me um put this because I, I I passed that up. Okay, it's it's all the way in the back of the book. I already know that, Stars. I passed that up. I'm on a whole nother page. Okay, Romans chapter seven, verse. Okay, well let me. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me go in my room and get my Bible. Hold on, because I I was using the Bible on my phone, so. Okay. Hold on. Hold on, stars. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm going in the back. You say, um, now I go all the way back to the. I'm on a hundred. Go to Romans chapter 7. Right. I know, I know, I know. I'm on the 122nd. Okay, I'm, on I'm not asking you where your location is. I'm saying No, tick. no. Okay. Listen, I say I'm on 100 in the Bible. And 20. I'm on 120. So What, is, what does that mean, 120? What? Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, I'm on Roman now. Yes. Okay, so go to Romans chapter seven. What what number is that? Because I'm all the way in two hundred in my Bible. Two hundred. What do you mean two hundred? I'm two hundred sixty six in my Bible. You on page two hundred sixty six? Yeah. Okay, so everybody's page number in the Bible is gonna be different. Because of the fact that you may have bigger or smaller letters, would make make you have more pages than someone else may have small the uh, short amount of pages. So you don't go by the page number; you look at the the book itself. So it should be um okay. So look, you you saying that you are in Romans right now? Right? Yeah, hundred. No, no, I'm on one hundred and sixty six. Okay, so. I mean, uh, Two hundred and six. Okay. Two hundred and sixty-six. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna try this one more time with you. If not, I'll just read it. Okay. Because uh, Romans. It's, it's called Romans. sons. Listen, it's called Sons of Man. I got the Bible. It's called Sons of Man. So I'm reading the Bible from the front to the back. So. And then. It's, me, uh, it's called it's Sons called, of Man. It's, it's Songs of songs, it would say that. That that's the songs of Solomon. Oh, no. Right, it says sons of man. 
We're called sons of man. And I got, hey, I got Jesus right here on the cross. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read this scripture, okay? Um, okay. If you have any questions about it, just go ahead and, and then just interject. And get that. Can, but can I say this? Can I say this? It's say one one Jesus is Mary is Christ, which is God, and then it say uh, no no no. What where are you looking at? I don't understand what you're. What what are you looking at? I just told you the name of the book, stars. It's called okay, so something. It's to say Holy Bible, right? It's a Holy Bible, Sons of Man. Okay, so. Right now, I can't do a Bible study with you. I was just trying to go over this one verse with you. Okay. 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 Let me hear. It. Let me hear. It. Okay. So it's, this is Romans chapter Romans chapter seven verse fourteen. Okay. Says, you know that the can you press mute? Press mute. I'm trying to find a um. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So um, we know that the law is spiritual. And it says, this is Romans 7 and 14. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, but what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. So what he is saying is the things that he don't want to do, the things that he wants to do, he do not do. But the things that he hate doing, those are the things that he do. So, and if I do, and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. So he's saying that the law is good because it allows him to do the things that he don't want to do. So in verse 17, as it is, it is no longer I myself, who do it, but it is sin living in me. So he's saying that, look, it's sin that's already in him that is at war with the things that he want to do that's right and the things that he don't, the things that he don't want to do, he do. The things that he hate doing, those are the things that he do. Because of sin that's on the inside of him. So for I know that good itself does not dwell in me that is in my sinful nature. He's saying that good can't dwell in your sin. So if your okay. mind is positioned on the things okay. that is wrong, if your mind, hold on, hold on one second. If if your mind is on a level of sponsoring sin, you're sponsoring fornication. You're sponsoring these type of things. You're sponsoring having lust you just keep having lust in your eyes you're sponsoring um just adultery people are sponsoring these things they're sponsoring greed they're sponsoring uh covetousness they're sponsoring hatred they're sponsoring it okay so these are the things that like good cannot dwell inside of sin Right there. So if you're sponsoring the, the sin, I already read it. You read what? Okay. Can Can I talk now? Okay. You have a question. 
Yes, I do. Okay. okay. It say it say the passes. The 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 passes. I can't see. Yeah, the passes is from the gospel of Phillips. A sin in Christ is sin. Uh, okay, I don't know what to read it. So just if you can not if can you can tell me what book you're looking at in the verse. I, I will I like just to told you. Okay. I so, just told you. I'm reading Son of God. Son of man. Son of man. Yeah, she know what I'm talking about. Okay, so that's not the Bible. I don't know what you're talking about. Is that the Holy Bible? Uh no, that's son of man. My Bible is in the room. With my glasses, my glasses sitting on top of it, but um, but it's uh, it's son of man. But don't worry about it, though. I'm just okay. I, it's not a book. That's Jesus Christ is the son of man. I say, don't worry about it, Starus. I'm just trying to figure out what scripture you're looking at. What what did you want to say though? What was you trying to say? I just told you I'm reading the Bible, son of man. I know it's not the Bible. I got my Bible in my drawer. That ain't what I'm trying to talk to her about. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> you don't have to get good like that, okay? You hear me? It's okay, stars. I got it. Okay, okay, so what is it that you wanted to ask? Nothing. I just want you to pray for me at the end of the night when you get done, okay? Okay, let me pray for you right now, okay? What you want to pray? No, 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 no. Don't pray for me right now. Do not pray for me right now. No. We'll pray later. We'll pray later when you call okay. me. All right, okay. All right, okay. All right, so, um, okay. Well, let me know if you have any other questions, okay? I have no other questions. Thank you, Miss Starris. Okay. All right, okay. So now going back to First uh, John chapter three, we see that the one, um, First John chapter three, verse eight. It says, "The one who does what is sinful is of the devil." Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. So we see that there is a battle between good and evil. We also can confirm through scripture that Jesus was made just a little low below the angels. So we know that humans are below the angels because that's what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us here in Hebrews chapter 2, in Hebrews chapter 2, that in verse 9, that, but we do see Jesus who was made lower than the angels for a little while. So Jesus was made lower than the angels. And when we look at this, you go back to 1 John 3. Um, so when you do the right thing, you acting in righteousness. And we see in Romans 7 
how Paul is sitting here describing his sinful nature. He says, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. So it when you look at 1 John 3 and verse 8, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So before Jesus, before Jesus was able to get crucified on the cross, because that was something that was given to us as a gift. The crucifixion of Jesus allowed our atonement. Everyone was condemned to death because of their sinful nature. The law didn't give or provide salvation. The Torah didn't provide salvation. People were still sinning. That's why Paul is saying here, look, I am a, the, 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 he says, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. So we see that Paul is a slave to sin. So we see in 1 John 3, the reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work, which is sin. The devil's work is sin. It's a sinful nature that goes against God. Everything that God wants for us, sin attempts to contradict it and do the opposite. It does what God says not to do. Sin says you can do. Like the serpent that I've been talking about with Eve. Well, did God really say that you didn't, you, you can't eat from the tree in the garden? The enemy, the devil, simply is trying to spark or ignite the sinful nature in people. So when you're around certain people who are really triggered by sin and they love sin, there are people that love sin. They love their lives of sin. So this is why it says the one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. See, if you do what is right, your, your habits are going to turn into righteousness. If you continue to do the right thing, you're eventually, you'll eventually be walking in righteousness. So in verse nine, it says, no one who is born of God will continue to sin. And so some people say, well, wait, wait, we, we got to mess up every day. Yes, you do. But guess what? You reinforce, you're reinforced through righteousness. Righteousness brings your reinforcement to say, hey, 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 here's the right thing to do. See, righteousness is going to give you that reinforcement that you need. 
because you're you're looking at the right thing to do now and not just the wrong thing to do so no one who is born of god will continue to sin because god's seed remains in them they cannot go on sinning because they have been born of god so when you are born of god you're not going to do things that's not going to convict your heart if you if you have sinned it's like your heart is going to get convicted of sin you're going to feel bad because of sin you're going to be like god see this is not the way i want to live my life you know how like some people they like god's power is made perfect in your weakness simply because when you are weak that's when you're the most fed up it's like oh god when when can i my life improve how and when will things get better it's like when you're at a low point in life that's when god can really use you because it's like okay look you're i you don't want that abusive marriage anymore you don't want to put up with some of the things that you were. You're at your, you're at the point where you're at the weakest point in your life. And you're like, look, I'm tired of sin. You're tired of sleeping with that girl's husband. You're tired of sleeping with that man's wife. You're tired of being second when you could actually be the spouse that God called you to be with the person who God has chosen for you. But instead, we go back to what Paul is saying in Romans 7. He said, look, I, I do what I, I, I hate, but what I hate, I do. These are the things that he do. What he hates, he continues to do. See, yes, you, you want your own spouse, but instead you keep messing with somebody else's spouse. You, you do what you hate. It's like, ah, uh, you know, you shouldn't be doing that, but you're doing it anyway. It's like, okay, you know, you shouldn't be selling drugs because guess what? If you haven't made uh money off of what you thought was going to be money, you're not going to be making no money. That's not where God wants you to be in the kingdom that's not the kingdom of god that's the kingdom of satan satan has a kingdom god has a kingdom it's all about the matter who army you in who army are you in are you in satan's kingdom or are you in god's kingdom it's only two evil or good so when you go back to first let's look at first john three so we see that the reason the son of god appeared was to destroy the devil's work in verse we see this in verse eight verse nine no one who is born of god will continue to sin because god's seeds remains in them they cannot go on sinning because they have been born of god in verse 10 this is how we know who the children of God are 
and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. So whenever you hear somebody else tell you that everybody is God's children, that is inaccurate. There are children of God and there are children of the devil. So Eve, by her going back to Eve, and that's what I'm going back to. Eve is the mother that produces good and also produces evil. So we see from the we see from Seth, her children that came from the from Seth to Noah. The offsprings of Seth to Noah, those are the sons of God. Some people are many scholars are very confused about this. There is no reason to be confused about understanding the sons of God. Okay. So the sons of God are from Seth to Noah. Prior to Seth, that's destruction. So I believe it was 14 generations. Let me let me see. Let me count that. Let me go. Let me go to Genesis. Because there is significance here, too. Um, okay, so let's let's look. I think this should be in verse. Um, I mean, Genesis four, maybe it's Genesis. Is it Genesis? four? Maybe it's Genesis five. Okay, from Adam to Noah. So we see this account of the sons of God because th this is who they are. And I've already went over this, okay, um, in, a, in an earlier podcast. So um, it wasn't this particular podcast. I talked about the sons of God. I believe it was on Life, Where is the Instruction Manual, or I talked about it on What's Your Love Status. That's what I think I talked about it on. So we look here, um, we see from Adam to Noah. So from in verse three, verse three to five is Seth. So that's one generation. Then you have from Seth to Enosh, that's two. Then you have from Enosh to Kenan, that's three. Then you have Kenan to Mahalalel, that's four. You have Mahalalel to Jared, that's five. You have Jared to Enoch, that's six. Enoch to Methuselu, um, that's seven. Methuselu to Lemech, that's eight. And Lemech to Noah, that's nine. So you have nine different generations. Nine generations from Seth to Noah. All right. Um, but what I really wanted to say is these are the sons of God. And it's so important here because even when you look at um, Enoch, God actually took Enoch away. Enoch was taken away. Um, God took him up. So in, in a, a few more verses over, we see how this is the son of God because we see how God wanted to separate himself from, um, from the daughters. 
that were sleeping basically with the sons of God. We see this in, in the book of Genesis too. So, but I, I don't want to get into a uh, in-depth discussion about that. I really want to look at first John chapter three again. Um, and now I'm on verse, uh, 10 still where it says anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. So if we're going to reflect on this with Eve, you have to understand that from Seth to Noah, that was the sons of God. Those are literally children that were made out of the likeness from Adam. And these are the sons of God. So when you look at this verse here, you can see um, where it says from Adam to Noah. If you look in verse uh, one, it says, this is the written account. This is the written account of Adam's family line. When God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them. And he named them mankind when they were created. So we see that in verse three, when Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image. See that his likeness is really like God, like how God created him initially. We're talking about the attributes of God, the characteristics of God, the resemblance of God, the mimicking of God. We are talking about Adam being created in the likeness of God. So his own likeness and his own image and his name, he named him Seth. This is significant here. We got to pay attention to what is being said. If you look at verse four, I'm sorry, in chapter four, all the way at the bottom, um, so in, in verse 25, let's look at chapter four, verse 25. It says, Adam made love to his wife again. And she gave, gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him. Seth also had a son and he named him Enosh. If you look here, when at the at the beginning of chapter four we see adam made love to his wife at the end of chapter four he made love to his wife so but go back to chapter four and verse one adam made love to his wife eve and she became pregnant and gave birth to cain she said with the help of the lord i have brought forth a man see we're talking about not we she didn't say in the likeness of adam she didn't say any of that she said brent brought forth a man brought forth a man okay if we look at the king james bible let's look at the king james bible and look at uh genesis chapter four so it says here and adam knew eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. So when you say man, we're talking about Adam flesh. Flesh. When we talk about likeness, we're talking about who? We're talking about God. Because who is created in whose likeness? Adam was created in the likeness of God. 
So this isn't hard to understand. It's very simple. God in Genesis 1 and 26, God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. So when it references likeness, when it references like, we are a reflection of God. When it references man, it's referencing Adam. So the word man, when you type in the word man, let's type in the word man. It's going to mean, it means Adam. So we're going to look at, um, I am looking at Genesis chapter four. Okay. So, um, we're going to look at Genesis four and one here. I typed in man in the strong concordance. The word man is mentioned in the Bible, 2,426 verses. It has 122 different meanings, different words, and 122 different numbers, Strong's numbers. So when you type in the Strong's concordance and you're looking for a particular word, like I typed in man, the word man here in Genesis 4 and 1, it means it's a primitive root to erect, create by extension to procure, especially to purchase by purchase. It's causatively sell by implication to own, attain, buy, teach, to keep cattle, get provoked to jealousy, possess, purchase, recover, redeem. So in this instance, the word man is um, Strong's number 7069. It is pronounced kona, kona. Okay. And so that's what it means. But when we look at the word man in Genesis 1.26, it is... Strong's number 120, which is pronounced Adam or Autumn. Autumn. They actually pronounce it in Hebrew as Autumn, but it's spelled Adam and it's pronounced Autumn. So we see that it's human being, an individual or the species of mankind. So when you type in man, it has these different meanings, which is why we need to understand the Hebrew scrolls and we need to understand the Greek. So going back to Genesis, we're going back to Genesis now. You have to pay attention to the Bible. I pay attention. I actually like interpreting it. So now I'm going to go back to the NIV version. So in verse one, Genesis chapter four, because we still talking about Eve here. Adam made love to his wife, Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. What she's saying is she has brought forth another, what? Possess. Possession. She has brought forth uh, Strong's number 7069, uh, Kanal. She has brought forth a Kanal, which is an erect. Um, which is an extension. So this isn't in the likeness. It's not saying likeness. So we see likeness is of God. All right, let's let's look at that here. So we this is an extension. This word kanal, 
Strong 7069 is an extension of who? Adam, Adam. So that's what we see here. So now when we go, let's type in the word likeness. We're going to type in the word likeness. And I don't think on this strong concordance they even have a definition for it. Um, so, oh, they do. Okay, cool. Similitude, similitude, resemblance, model, shape. Genesis 1 and 26. Genesis 1 and 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So we see that, and I'm placing emphasis on this because it's imperative for us all to understand. So we see that the word likeness is always always mentioned predominantly in the old testament it's mentioned about one two four times in the new testament four times the word likeness is mentioned in the new testament the word likeness is mentioned in the bible 28 different times on 28 different verses um but it only has five different meanings and so when we think about likeness, you have to think about resemblance, right? And now if we go back to Genesis chapter four, because that's who I've been talking about the last couple of podcasts is Eve. You look at the beginning of Genesis four, we see that, that she said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man, which we see in Hebrew, it means kanal, which is what? It means an extension it means to possess right it means to basically occupy that's what it means so man also in the beginning it has another derivation which is adam or autumn in hebrew it's pronounced autumn but spelled adam in english so we see that man is has a negative derivation of adam but when we look down further, Genesis 25, and, and so the Bible is not in chronological order. It is not. But we can clearly see here from reading this chapter that everything in this chapter is flowing seamlessly. So I can, I can say, even without having access to the Hebrew scrolls, that... From the Holy Spirit, this was all like in the, in the section for them to be able to interpret that. And so when you look here, because see, God confirms his word. When you start understanding who God is, you understand God, understand God. So God is going to confirm his word. We see that at the beginning of chapter four. She conceives, she have a child. She says, with the help of the Lord, she, uh, I have brought forth a man. So she gives birth to his brother at Abel. 
It didn't say that she gave, uh, brought forth a man when she gave birth to Abel. It just says later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Everything is written for a very specific reason. Okay. Um, God has allowed his word to be written this way. So there is no discrepancy in the way that it is written. So we go down to verse, um, chapter four, verse 25. We just going all the way to the, well, the second last of the verses, 26 verses. So we're going to read 25 and 26. So Adam made love to his wife again, right? We see that there's a huge time span there. We're talking about lots of uh, time for them to be able to grow up, right? So we see that she gave birth, talked about them working, right? So Abel kept the flocks and Cain was a tiller of the ground, right? So these are, you know, some time is going by here. But looking at verse 25, so she made love to his wife. He made, Adam made love to his wife again. And she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel. Now we see Abel, if you go back up, just go back up to verse if you go back up to verse four, chapter four, verse four, and Abel also bought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. So we see that Abel has favor with God. Abel, Abel has favor of the Lord over him. So in verse 25, she's saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him. Since also Seth also had a son and named him Enosh. At the time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. So when we see here. Adam made love to his wife and gave birth to a son and named himself, saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him. Seth also had a son and named him Enosh. So now we go forward because in 24 and 25 and 26, it's still going to say something similar here, right? So now we're going to look at the time from Adam to Noah. And so Genesis chapter five go into saying, this is the written account of Adam's family line. When God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. This is a confirmation here. This is giving us confirmation of what is about to be said. So when God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them. And he named them mankind when they were created. So when Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness. See? In his own likeness. In his own image. And he named him Seth. And Seth was born. So we see here that... It's not mentioning man in a way where it's talking about canal. It's not talking about canal. It's not. So canal here in the Hebrew, when you look at, um, when you look at man, let's go back. 
to that. So when we look at when we're looking at the Hebrew scrolls and we're going down here to Genesis 4 and 1, this Strong's number is 7069. Canal. Canal, which means what? He was simply an extension. He was um by purchase, implication to own. Provoke to jealousy. This means that man in Hebrew is canal and he can be provoked to jealousy. But when you talk about the likeness, it talks about the resemblance, right? Let's let's move. Let me go back to what the likeness means. So we're in Genesis, Genesis um, 5 and 1. And this Strong's number is 1823. It actually is 01823, but we're going to denote the zero because it's meaningless, right? Um, we only need the the numbers, not the uh, the number zero before that. So we see that the Hebrew word uh, demult, um, it is resemblance, model, adverbially. Or however you pronounce it. I think I'm not knowing if I'm pronouncing it right. Hopefully I am. Okay. Um, fashion, like likeness, manner, similitude. So similar, innately similar, right? So we see all of these different things in this verse in Genesis chapter five. And that is who Seth was. So Seth from all the way to Noah are the sons of God, period. And it's too many different verses to affirm to this, okay? And like I said, I've talked about this on a different podcast. You can go back and listen in. If you go back and chime in, you'll be able to hear specifically what I was saying with how God separated himself out of mankind because man was really evil. And we see this in going forward in the book of Genesis. So just keep reading in the book of Genesis and you'll see the reference there. Um, but I really wanted to place more emphasis on Eve. So we see Eve is sitting here and um, and I'm just going to just do like just the recap of it. So Eve, basically, she says in Genesis four, verse one, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. The man is who? Autumn, which is pronounced Adam, which is what? Provoked to jealousy, right? Um, Adam is also a possessed, right? A, a possession. Um Adam is not in Adam is a flesh. Okay. So and going down to verse 25, Genesis 4, 25, God has granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain, Cain had killed Abel. So we see God here is really, really speaking to us through his word. And we see that Seth is the bloodline from where is goodness. So when Eve entertained the serpent, she was deceived. She invited deception into um, their lives. She invited the um, 
possession of uh, jealousy to take place in their lives too. And, and all of these different things because she was easily enticed. He was the first woman to dominate the man. She made Adam give up his position as head so that he could listen to her and eat from the forbidden tree. So at, she made Adam passive. So now he has given up his throne to give to her. And now she has taken a position as the head. And he's passive. This is the fall. So now instead of them being accountable, they lack accountability and ownership. Um, the woman was punished by God, but yet and still, she still desires. So anyone who is sponsoring their own desires, if you're out here and you're living life at a point where you just want to fulfill your desires you're enticed by what you see like she was enticed she thought it was pleasing to her eyes you know she thought it was it was desirable for wisdom but i mean in the in the, the chapter before that god did say that it was desirable the tree was desirable but see god didn't put the tree there just so you could choose it, right? Because God really wants you to do the right thing. He really wants you to choose him. You love God voluntarily, voluntarily, not involuntarily. This is how we do that. So Eve is the mother to all of those people that continue to be disobedient to God because of their desires to please themselves. So if we go to John chapter 10, and I want to look at um, John chapter 10. Uh, I'm trying to see which I was going to look at this verse, particular verse. Let me, uh, it's, I have about 19 minutes left. So Okay, here we go. Here we go. Further conflict over, it wasn't that one. Okay, here we go. So the good shepherd. So I, we talked about first john chapter 3 verses 7 through 10 and how the children of god here you know follow god's uh ways and the children of the devil are going to follow the ways of the devil but when we look at john chapter 10 this is clearly even telling us even more that there are still children of god and there are children of the devil so let's look at let's look at John 10 verse 14. It says here, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. So it's just like you know in your heart that a good person is gonna remain a good person in your life. You know in your heart the bad people and who going to continue to do bad things or try to bring about bad things in your life. So you're going to identify who is good and you're going to identify who is bad. But the important thing to understand here is to know that God knows his shepherd. He, I mean, God knows his sheep because, see, Jesus Christ is the shepherd. He leads his sheep, right? So I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. So if you are around a person and you know, you, some people are always saying, everybody's saying, oh, 
Everybody is a child of God. We all God's children. You are not all God's children. Clearly, the word of God says differently. So if you saying something different than what the Bible says, you're in contradiction. You are in contradiction of what the word of God is saying. So God is saying, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. This is in verse 11, but I'm going to zoom forward to verse 15. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. So he already laid his life down for us. So with him laying his life down for us, when do you think it's time for you to live for God? You know, you've been living your life and the life that you've been living is associated with all type of stress, uh, depression, anxiety. You know, you have um, hyperactivity going on in your life with ADHD, all sorts of stuff. It's so many different things that this world is bringing you. Not just you, but the people around you as well. Just think about your family and friends and the stress levels that they have. Like, I don't want no part in that. That's what God said. Look, I've set you apart. When he set you apart because you his sheep. So you don't have to, you don't have to be concerned or worrying about all of that stress like the, what the world is bringing. Because when chaos come your way when adversity come in your path when you have obstacles when you have disparities when you have all of these different things that is coming against you guess what you're prepared you are prepared it's like you're built for this you're built for tough things you know you're built for these obstacles you're built to overcome these obstacles you're built to overcome these barriers you're built for this. So when it's happening to the world, they, they, they're not spiritually built for it. And I'm not saying that just because you stressed out or the next person is depressed, that one person is stronger than the other. I'm saying spiritually, the word of God is telling us that your sinful nature, sin equates to death. So the more and more you sin, the more and more you're going to feel dead on the inside of you. The more and more you're not going to feel alive. You're not going to have the peace that surpasses all understanding. God wants you to have peace. So if you're out here accepting the things of this world and constantly being inspired by this world, you're, do you know that your choices are inspiring you? in the direction that's going to lead to your depression like no 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 um i don't want no stress and i never ever been depressed so what i have had now is i've been through some trauma where it it sort of ignited probably hundreds of questions but that doesn't mean that i was depressed i was stressed that was some type of extreme type of stress and the good thing about it is it didn't lead to depression. So, for instance, when my ex-husband, he had children with my best friend. That was something that was very wrong. Um, It was unethical, but it wasn't the separating factor for us. That isn't why I left him. 
So the reason why I'm bringing up that story is because it means significant. Sometimes infidelity, adultery is the deciding factor in a marriage. It's like, uh-uh, no, you did this to me and now it's done. It's over. And it's like, well, wait, you say you love this person, but you do know that they are living in sin too. So the Bible tells us that an unbelieving wife will be saved through her believing husband. An unbelieving husband will be saved through his believing wife. So what this means is that a person that has inverted faith, and I've already talked about inverted faith, um, their faith is now, instead of being faith-filled, is filled with doubt and unbelief that equates to them being defeated in life. So now they're walking around with a defeated approach, a defeated attitude, and now they're doing things that is being sponsored and inspired and encouraged by their sinful desires. It's because when someone is deceived, how would they know that they're deceived? They don't. People do not know that they are deceived. They're living life. They're going through life with inverted faith instead of them focusing on things in an optimistic way and saying, hey, God has given me the peace that surpasses all understanding. The peace that comes from God will transcend all of this. But instead, they choose to focus on the latter. So if, if you knew that if you made that decision, you were going to be in a depression, would you still make that decision? Would you still make that choice if it was going to lead you to like uh, on some antipsychotic depression medicine? You know, like you should really be thinking about those things. But because you can't see the spiritual force behind your choices, you're deceived. And what it does, it puts you in a continuation of recycling these mistakes over and over and over and over again. So the Bible tells us what that faith comes by hearing and hearing and and I'm going to say it like this. This is how I listen to it. Faith comes by hearing and 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 hearing the word of God. So your doubt and unbelief is going to come by hearing and hearing doubt and hearing more doubt and more doubt and unbelief and doubt, doubt, doubt and unbelief here and unbelief there. You're filled with doubt and unbelief everywhere. So if you constantly continue to listen to these type of things, now, when are you going to give yourself to God? So we see here. In John 10, in verse 16, no, in verse 15, just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. 
He laid his life down for us. When do you give God the chance to live for him? When are you going to give God the chance to help you? Not be stressed, not be depressed, not feel empty, not feel hopeless, not feel defeated. I mean, the list can go on and on and on. See, because if you're equipped with the Holy Spirit, there is no type of influence that you could be bought with. Because, see, the world is selling influence to you. And you being purchased with influence. You being purchased into deception. Like I said, you don't know the spiritual force behind your choice, behind your decision. If you did, would you choose that man that's going to abuse you? Would you choose that woman who is going to continue to have infidelity and fornication and uh, adultery in her heart? Would you choose that woman that's the E that's so easily enticed by everything she sees? Or are you going to choose the woman that's saying, look, I don't care what life is like. I am not going to be like Eve. It doesn't matter what is being offered. Going back to the blog, Eve is the mother to all of those that continue to be disobedient to God because of their desires to please themselves. She's easily enticed, easily influenced. She brought down her entire household. Forget all the blessings and everything just for pleasure. Turned her husband and made him have passivity. He's no longer the man. He's taking the position of the woman. Why? No, absolutely not. That is not what God wants for us. So go back to John chapter 10. He laid down his life for the sheep. So now it's time for you to live for him. Give God, a, give God one of your choices. Invest one of your choices in God and choose God today. Invest that decision in God and choose God today. Quit listening to investors that have limited knowledge. When God has omniscience, God is omniscience or what, how you pronounce it? Omniscient. omniscient. It's called omniscient right or omniscience however you want to pronounce it but god is all knowing and so that means that if god is all knowing and i have been equipped with the holy spirit that means i'm all knowing i am created in the likeness i have the likeness of god living on the inside of me that means i don't have limited knowledge i don't have limited gifts I have unlimited power that's living on the inside of me. So whatever I ask God for, he'll give it to me. Anything I want, I can have. 
But just because, let me explain something. Just because you can have these things, just because you have the knowledge to get it, just because you have the knowledge to invest, just because you have this unlimited power, that does not mean you want anything that is carnal or worldly or fleshly. And so what I mean by that is the fabrications of this world is cloth with wickedness. It's cloth with evil. Nobody wants to partake in that. So just because you can have access to that, what does that mean? That means that your, you, your zip code may change. And guess what? Now you're going to be surrounded by wickedness. Now you're going to be surrounded by evil. Because just because you thought that's the life that you were trying to live, that was the life that you wanted to live, that isn't the life that you really want. See, because I have been around some wealthy people. Now, I'm not going to say that all wealthy people are, you know, bad. But I'm going to say the ones that I was subjected to, I know for sure, are not happy. So you chase and you chase and you chase. And it's like, okay, when are you satisfied? When do you get satisfied? Never. Because now you have bought everything you want. Now you have access to everything you want. Now what else you going to do? You going to buy the air next? You going to auction the air off? No, I have cleaner air than you. My air is 100% toxin free. Well, at least that's what the scientists told you. But now you sitting up here buying some air. How idiotic is that? But I, I mean, all I'm saying, I'm not trying to make fun of anyone. But just think about it. Once you have everything you want, what are you going to buy next? You're going to buy a gravity? You know, I, I think I if you could you make it to Pluto because see, I would love to have some land on Pluto. How much do I need to give you for that? Well, I know you all are not leaving in another 299 years, but it's okay. I'm just going to freeze my body after I get a certain age, and then I'll be able to make it to Pluto. Wake me up after that. Like, what? <laughs> you know, it's like God is saying here, look, he laid down his life for you. He took the keys of death. So you're not, when we look at um, 1 John chapter 3, in um, 1 John 3, uh, what's the verses? This is verse, um, I don't think I wanted this one, but, oh, wait, wait. It's, I think it was Matthew. No, it's Hebrews. I'm trying to find this one. Here we go. So I was on Hebrews chapter 2. Now, now Hebrews 2 and, and verse 14. So since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. So the devil had the keys. The devil had the keys of death. He had the power of death. So Jesus, who is God, God became what? Just a little lower than the angels. We know that Jesus was what? 100% man. 
and 100% God. So God became low like us, meaning that he is no longer giving um no longer giving complete power to his godly power he's become low into the human form he said i'm gonna show you i could be just like you and still not saying oh that's two hours okay so i'm gonna have to end there tonight i i did have a, another point um but it's okay so thank you all so much for joining me okay i really do appreciate it um, let me go ahead and pray. All right. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. God, we thank you for giving us your word today. Thank you. We ask that you let it retain in our hearts. We plead the blood of Jesus over your word, God. Do not let anyone steal your word. Keep it embedded and hidden in our heart. Each and every time we get new revelation and interpretation of your word, God, keep it embedded and, and just keep it melted in our hearts and in our life and transformed in our minds, God. So we do not fight against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and therefore in the name of the lord jesus christ we bind and cast down spiritual wickedness in high places and we render them harmless and ineffective against us against our mind will and emotions our thoughts our feelings our actions our reactions our finances our investments our children from our bloodline to bloodline to bloodline from our generation to generation a generation and we render these evil wicked spirits we render them harmless and ineffective against us god we redeem your assignment upon our life upon our children upon our finances our mind will and emotions we redeem our blessings that you've given us god we take hold to what you've given us thank you god for equipping us with your holy spirit god we ask that you keep us thirty thousand steps ahead of every situation and circumstance god that you continue to increase the spiritual gifts that you gifted us with through the power of your holy spirit god thank you god